Hello, good afternoon, Michael Wing, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, Division of RB Oppenheim Associates. And today I'm joined again by Katie Lilly from Lilyfield Accounting Solutions. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. Always good to be here. Absolutely. So here we are. It's Friday. So guess what? We're talking traction. The book by Gina Wickman, How to Get a Grip on Your Business Before a Business Gets a Grip on You. Uh, and this week, we're going to talk about Chapter 6, which is the issues component. Um, Katie, this, this chapter, I think, is probably one of the most down-in-the-dirt, nitty-gritty chapters of, like, all of the, the chapters that, that we've done. Um, it just gets to the point, because I yeah. remarked that it was super short, but it's, right. like, short and get to the point. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's... Yeah, well, you all know what your issues are. Well, you know, I think, you know, the I the first page of this chapter was, char I mean, it's like, you know, they've got the heading, so there's only like three little paragraphs, but it was chock full of just some really great things. For me, the takeaway was, you know, dealing with issues is really about understanding what's keeping you from moving forward. Yes. You know, or or what's holding you back Bogging from you down realizing your full potential? Mm -hmm. You know, right? Who doesn't want that? Right? Who doesn't want to eliminate those things? I think the the difficult thing that that companies um, are going to experience with this issue is it's a lot easier just to focus on the numbers, like you know, dollars in, expenses out you know, hitting sales goals. But when you get into the issues, you have to deal with people. Yes. And processes. Yes. And, and that's emotionally draining. <laughs> and I think people, I, I think yes. there's a lot of people, I think that are afraid of confrontation mm -hmm. who avoid that at yes. all costs, yes. you know, but yet, you know, I thought it was interesting. He cites several, examples in in a large study of like 25,000 companies who said you know if we didn't deal with these issues we would not have grown right you know right um what was that quote because that was really good I think I, that's, I, thought, I don't know if I underlined that one so, lack of decision or procrastination oh yeah was one of the major causes of failure. think and grow rich Napoleon Hill yeah the study I, I of 25,000 people. I have read that book. Wow. <laughs> I have not, apparently not thought enough. And, and the other thing that I think is really interesting too is he, he uses the analogy of a mushroom. Now, I'm not a planter grower type person, but I understand that mushrooms grow and thrive in, in darkness. Yes. Right? You don't right. cultivate mushrooms in the bright, sunny outdoors. So you know, issues are like mushrooms in that if they are kept dark and not dealt with, they will thrive and then they multiply, multiply yes, right? Multiply. And then mm -hmm. your problems you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then things come crashing. Right. And it's not good. Right. So when you bring them to the light, they diminish. But the only way to do that, to, to really deal with that, I think is, is you have to have a culture of openness and honesty. Right. And you're and not only you, but your employees need to feel safe, safe yep. to be able to mention what the issues are without any type of ramifications. Yep. Yep. You know, um, yeah, I, I think that um, 
I, I feel like the generation of, of Gen X and millennials that are going to come into leadership, that this is going to be a really big sticking point for them. In that they, that, th- those they are, don't feel safe? That they want that. That's going to oh, be a priority like, uh, for them right. compared to other generations. That just sucked it up. Like baby boomers. Like stoic. Right. Like, you know, it, like, like you know, my grandparents, they never really talked about things, you know, right, everything right. was Just kind of grit and bear it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, we're not going to deal with that. You know, whereas I, I don't think the generation that's coming up, that's going to be coming into management and into leadership, you know, in, in the C-suite, um, you know, they're going to dig this stuff Yeah, because they're all about authenticity, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, they, they have a really high BS meter. Right. And I, I think this is really key. Um, all right. So the other thing that I really, really love, and I put this out on my LinkedIn and Instagram account, um, I love this idea of decide promptly and implement slowly. Yes. And, and he says, it's not so much what you decide, it's that you decide. A hundred percent. Like you, that's one thing that's like, okay, let's make a decision. Let's do it. We can pay to make whatever corrections we need, but the the loss of potential opportunity for not deciding is much greater than the, the cost to fix something that you decide, oh, that wasn't the right choice. How are you with decisions? What's I, your decision think, style? Yeah, I think I'm getting better. Um, you know, I think I do an exhaustive amount of research when it comes to making a decision that's, you know, going to impact things. So, mm-hmm. You know, I try to make an educated decision, but I think that as I'm going through this book and thinking about and learning about what's important, it's becoming easier to make decisions faster. Right. You know, I always feel like if, if the decision isn't crystal clear, it's not ready to be made yet. Hmm. Okay. But I try to keep that. I I don't want to go back on that as my reason for not deciding though. It's Mm. just sometimes I feel like things feel forced. Mm. And when I feel like I'm backed into a corner and I'm being forced to make a decision, then I feel like, like I go on my gut and I'm like, the decision does not need to be made right now. Mm. So that's interesting. Yeah. All right. So he, he breaks right into sort of creating, creating your issues list so that you can identify them. And obviously, if we're working in the context of his operating system, we're going to have the vision traction organizer, which is going to have our section with rocks, which is our 90 day issues or our 90 day goals, objectives, things that we're working on. And so there may be some things that he talks about. Number one, when you're making a list, there's three kinds. One would be ones that are in your VTO, mm-hmm. right? That are you high could, level. You could kind of put on a shelf to a certain de- to degree because you may need time to make a decision, but like 90 days is sort of that timeline compared to the other two, uh, which are your weekly leadership list and then your departmental list. Now for my company, you know, we we're a smaller team, you know, less than six. So we don't really have departmental, you right. know, but we have weekly where it's just a team. Um, So that's a little different. Now, I know with your crew, you're a little bit larger. And so do you have it broken up into those separate? No, I don't think we're big enough that we've got to actually have departmental. But I think our managers bring those departmental issues to the weekly leadership meeting. Mm -hmm. And we deal with them there. So um, we are looking at those things. Right. 
So, and then I think, um, you know, identifying these different kinds of lists is important. I think the next thing that he jumps into is, okay, here is a quick formula for solving your issues. Like it's, it's a track and you, you move it through this track of identify what the issue is, discuss what the issue is, and then solve the issue. And I think the point that he really makes in there, which is totally true, which is when you get in one of these discussion uh, times, the evil tangent comes up. Yeah. Right. And then the next thing you know, you're freaking way off here talking about this other thing. That has nothing to do with the original thing. Right. The other thing he brings up too is that sometimes when you identify the issue, it's not really the issue, mm. which I think is why the discussion is helpful um, because you may be like, oh, this is the issue. And then when you dig into it and you kind of peel back the layers of it, you realize it's really a different core issue and that what you're identifying are just symptoms right. of it. Right. So, right. yeah. So right. the discussion, so identify the issue and then the discussion is a big piece because that's where it, really where you get down to the root, but it's also where the tangents can happen. So right. that, that middle piece is you, you really got to have someone that's kind of, um, being watchful of that mm -hmm. in your meetings or being mindful, I should say, of making sure you're staying on task, that you're identifying the right thing, but you're staying on task as well. You know, I, I think the other thing that he talks about later in the chapter is that, you know, when, when you're, when your team is completely on board with, with, you know, the whole thing of having an operating system, having core values, having a core focus, having a marketing strategy, having a 10-year goal, three-year goal, one-year goal, 90 days, and working through your list. When everyone understands that, then you, he paints this, this sort of picture of that people feel like they're part of this sort of greater good for the entity of everyone as a whole. Right. And that's the that's why you you dig into these things. Right. And, you know, I think that's a really interesting, you know, sort of, picture to paint because I feel like when I've worked in companies before, I didn't really feel like I was part of this greater good, bigger thing. I really didn't care. I just wanted my paycheck and I wanted this. Did you feel like you were working for the man? hundred percent. So that's kind of, so that's what this has been so helpful for me is because making the transition from sole proprietor to a firm, especially with some of my longer term clients, you know, how do I get from uh, Katie Lilly is doing our books to Lilly Field is doing our books and get away from, um, you know, my bookkeepers are working for me as the man mm -hmm. um, to we are all in this together, creating this culture of bookkeeping best practices called Lilly Field. Mm -hmm. And so that's been this has been super helpful with that getting away from it's Katie's Katie's business, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's been super helpful on here. Yeah. And I, I think for me, you know, it was interesting. Um, you know, um, I got together with my team this morning and we were just kind of going through. We're, we're a few weeks behind. We actually were wrestling with the, the core values this morning. And, you know, we had this discussion on one particular um, core value. And I was asking for, you know, what does this word really mean to you guys? And, and so the team, you know, kind of spoke collectively and um you know the word was respectful and you know it has so many different things like does that mean we're respectful of our clients are we respectful of each other um do people see us as 
you know, they respect our business, you know, so it has like all kinds of different meanings, you know? And I think what ended up happening was as we went through this discussion, we found that, you know, it has a really deeper meaning. That's almost like it's an empathy for one another. It's an empathy to connect with our clients. Like it's so deep. And then what was really cool was we got into this whole sort of uncovering an issue that was unresolved from a couple of weeks ago, but was fruit that was, that came out of this deciding, Hey, this is a core value that, that we, that we are, and that we're going to continue to work on. And, and we saw immediate results when we named it and said, this is what it was. Right. It was so refreshing. And that's super cool. Cause as you're talking, I was like, wow, that really is like a core, like exactly like the, the meaning of a core value that you felt it so deeply mm-hmm. and so like viscerally that it like struck you to your core. Yeah. And because it was a core value, it banged up against that thing, creating the issue. Right. You know? So right. that's cool. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there were like, I'm sorry's and tears and hugs. <laughs> like, it was, it was... Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> bumming I missed that. I know, I know. Of course I was the one crying. <laughs> I can see that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but really again it 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 it's a reminder that I think, you know, that experience that we had this morning was part of building on this idea that when you go through issues, when you're open and honest, and that truly is the environment, the culture that you have. You'll ma- become unstoppable. Right? Yeah. The, the, the numbers say you will not be held back. Right. You will move forward. Right. And that's super pumped me up today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love it. So, all right. So, again... Um, I think we kind of hammered home what the track is, identify, discuss, and solve. Um, Watch out for uh, tangents. And then he busts into sort of, okay, here are some very tactical, practical things. Uh, He calls them the 10 commandments of solving issues. So start off, tell me, I know you had a couple that really, you know, sort of struck out. Yeah. Stood out. So So I I have three that stuck out for me. So one was number six, that Thou shalt not try to solve all problems. So when you're starting out on this track and you, like the very first meeting we had where we identified all our issues, Mm -hmm. I had each person on the leadership team identify theirs. And then we kind of put them all in a cauldron and distilled them down to, because, you know, we were all, some of them, we were saying the exact same things, just different ways. So you come up with this laundry list and it is very easy to get very overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by the amount of items on your issues list, especially Mm -hmm. the first time you're doing it. So um, what was helpful was the chapter um, about rocks where you're pulling out the most important. So you want, so as you're discussing certain ones are just going to naturally float to the top. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you decide you you have to make a hard decision to pick no more than 10 for your quarterly rocks. And those are the ones you're going to solve. And, and it's helpful because when you're having your weekly meetings, different issues may come up and you may just have to say, that's going to be something we work on next quarter right. so that you don't get overwhelmed mm. because you're not going to be able to solve all of them right away. Right. So that was one. Um, Number nine was thou shalt enter the danger. The issue you fear the most is the one you most need to discuss. Mm. So, uh, and that's what we're doing. That was our number one. And I would have never guessed this. 
when we did all our issues, mm-hmm. I thought for sure it was going to be standardized, would be the one that floats to the very, very top. Mm-hmm. But the one that floated to the very, very top was security. Hmm. And it came from all three of us in different ways. Mm. And I'm happy to say that we have now since hired an IT firm. So so we definitely identified that and have solved that problem. So that was great. And and it it was one of those where I said, gosh, what is it that keeps me up at night? Um, And then that was kind of what floated to the top. And then um, thou shalt take a shot. So that one is if you're going to take a shot, if you're going to, you know, say, hey, this is an issue, mm-hmm. present a solution. Don't just be a complainer. Now, this one speaks more to me personally as the kind of person I am. Like, <laughs> I just please don't complain. Like, you know, if, yeah. you, if you're going to complain, be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that was the one that just is like my personal credo. Um, I think the one that really kind of you know speaks to me is number four: Thou shalt not rely on secondhand information. Um, and you know he he specifically talks about if you're trying to deal with with an issue, you know you can't deal with an issue if it, de- it deals with a person who's not in the room to discuss the issue. That makes you know <laughs> right, total right. sense. Yes, um, I would take it one, and maybe it's a stretch or a tangent, but. But when I thought about that and reflecting again on, on today's session that we have with our team, um, you know, I, I've, I've had a saying for a long time, don't cook with ingredients you don't have. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that, you know, sometimes when you're trying to work through a problem internally and you're thinking about how other people are thinking about you or how you're thinking about them, you put some assumptions together and you put it in this saute pan and you put it over the stove and you start cooking with this stuff that's from your brain. That's really not true. You've just concocted right. it in your brain, almost like secondhand information that you don't know if it's true or not. Right. And you're cooking with it, you it's know, and you're stewing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's problem. And, and so, you know, I think ultimately like what we talked about in our, in our meeting today was, Let's let's recognize that that's a thing mm-hmm. that that we do that as humans, humans right? right? Human nature, We're just right? Human. <laughs> and the only way to kind of work around that, or work through that, or not allow that to you know um, grow Fest- and fester, fester yeah. right, is to be able to talk openly and honest to one another. So I think you know, and especially when you know you can create an environment where people can advance in their own path without this sort of jockeying for position Mm -hmm. and titles, you know, um, when, when everyone has a clear path of, of how to go where they need to go to succeed and fulfill themselves in life, which is part of the culture we're trying to build. Right. Right. Then they are part of the greater good, which is the second one that I really like. Right. So they kind of really tie hand in hand. You can't work for the greater good if you have animosity or resentment towards a coworker. Right. So you got to have a, a place and a space to have those conversations. And I think that in the past companies have not necessarily dealt with that because it's sort of just personal feelings. Um, but I think it's interesting. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, he, one of his C-suites is chief heart officer. I love it. Like, and she's basically like HR. Right, right. But the fact that she's the chief heart officer tells you there is something very different going on yeah. than HR director. 
Okay, so this might be fodder for a whole nother podcast. Tangent. But going on a tangent. Okay. So um, what you're speaking of to me sounds like a collaborative culture Mm -hmm. versus a competitive culture. Right. And I think going back to the very beginning, if I'm going to tie things all together, Mm -hmm. the millennials and the Gen X that's coming up seem to be more collaborative minded versus competitive. And it just reminds me of my very first days in the accounting practice back in the day where they would take the starting accounting class of 30 people and rank you got, they would rank their staff accountants. And after every major engagement, they'd rank them again. And it just fostered this culture of competition and, you know, I'm just better than this person, you know, mm-hmm. and I did not, I personally did not thrive in that environment. So. Right. Right. Um, and it is interesting. The last section of the book, um, after we get through sort of the 10 commandments is he actually brings up dealing with personal issues in the session. So like today, you know, one of the things that we did was I said, okay, listen, what I, here's, here's what happens. I get stressed out. And, and when I'm stressed out, this is what I do. I either get really sharp and tart short with people mm-hmm. or I just shut down. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, I know what you guys do. Do you want me to tell you? And they're like, yeah. So you, you told them? Yeah, I told them. Were so you I was right? Like, were you I was right? 100% right. Yeah, absolutely. Were they all sheepish? Like, No, they were like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Michael's paying attention. You know? <laughs> I love so, it. So, yeah. So that really opened this door because I started with, this is, I know about me, right? You know, I'm 48 years old. Like, I'm starting to figure some stuff out about myself. <laughs> yes. Right? So, you know, when I told them, but I did it in a, it was very constructive and I, it was very well received again because we were all hugs and tears and afterwards. But um, you know, it was very, uh, restorative, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then they were able to do it with, with each other, you know, sort of like, Oh, I noticed this. And, and so then we said, okay, if that's how you respond, is it best for us to like, try to talk to you then at that time when you're doing it, or should we wait 24 hours? And we all decided don't try to tackle it right then and there. Cause we're what? right. Right. But the next day talk about it. Yes. You know, and don't I, let it not go unsaid, unsolved. Right. right. And right. I feel like, you know, um, that, that that's really sort of he talks about having a healthy company. Mm-hmm. And I think that many times there is a cancer in companies and it's one or two people usually that are the cancer. I mean, you see it in football. I mean, look at look at all these crazy trades of all these like prima donnas like they were cancer, but they were super talented. And these teams let them go. You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Right. But the tr- truth of the matter is you are, you are at a ceiling. If, if you can't deal with those personal issues, you are absolutely going to be held back from being able to realize your full potential. Right. hundred percent. Wow. That's it. That is, that is the issues component. Um, again, it's, it's a really great chapter for those of you who maybe are tuning in for the first time uh, to the, the show um, the podcast, this is uh, traction, uh, get a grip on your business before it gets a grip on you. It is so fantastic. Each Friday, uh, I'm joined with Katie Lilly from Lillyfield Accounting Solutions. And the dynamics of our conversation is so interesting because your company is just, you know, a couple of years old. Our agency has been around for three decades, but yet we're both going through this very transformative kind of period mm-hmm. in, in our company growth. 
And I just hope that for those of you who are listening and watching, really get value out of joining us in this journey as we go through traction. Um, so I, I, I'm so glad that you guys joined in. Anything to add? No, I was just going to mention what the next one is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, the process component. All right. So finding next week, your way. Next week, chapter seven, the process component, finding your way. Guys, thank you so much. My name is Michael Wynn. I am the chief digital officer of Digital Ops, the division of RB Op and Associates. Katie Lilly, thanks for joining in. Always. Catch you guys next Friday.